Well, like I mentioned, today is the last in our series uh, called Fuel. You know, we've been uh, fortunate to see uh, the things that God has done at New Hope, right? We've, we've seen God moving in some neat ways over the years, and, and uh, I think we all sense it that He has more, and we want to see that too, don't we? So we've been talking about how to fuel, how to encourage that happening. How, do, how does God... Uh, do that work in this place. How does, uh, what are the things that, that, uh, that throw wood on the fire, so to speak, and uh, encourage that to happen in our lives and in the lives of those around us? And today we're going to talk about one that you probably wouldn't have thought of, and, and maybe uh, uh, it wouldn't be that, that initial thought of, of, oh, this is fuel for God's work in this world, but it's really a critical part of God's work in our lives and in this place and in our community. Today, we're going to talk about money. Money as a part of the fuel for keeping God's work strong in this world. And you know, even as soon as I say that, we're probably going to need to start with this thought, okay? Number one, money is not unspiritual. You know, there are many who would say, I I don't think that we should talk about money in church. There's kind of that that unwritten rule, right? Okay, when I come to church, I'm going to talk about God. You can, you can talk about the things that are going on in my life, but there's certain places that I don't want you to go. And sometimes, this can be one of those places. And I want to encourage you, when we give our whole lives to the Lord, don't, don't say, Lord, you can have this, but you can't have this. Lord, you can, you can have my problems, but this thing that I'm controlling, or this thing that that I want to hold on to, hands off, right? But maybe there's, there's other reasons, you know? Uh, maybe it's, it's this idea that, okay, who, who, where is this money going? What, what is happening with, with the money that, that uh, I give at church or in other places? Or, or uh, why, why is it that we shouldn't... Uh, I, I hear that and hear that encouraged. You know, I, I don't necessarily trust what's happening with that, so I can't give my money to it. And I would say to you, okay, that's, there's kind of a bigger issue, isn't there? There's, it's not that money, it's who I'm entrusting it to. And so that's something that we need to be thinking about and praying about. But, but some, maybe you would say, you know, I work hard for my money, and I, I get tired of, of everyone asking me for it. And, you know, as people who live in New York... We're there, right? <laughs> we all can say that. Maybe you're, you're uh, the, 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 like this guy who was, who was so fu- frugal that he, he tried to get a plane ride for he and his wife. They were at some uh, uh, town you know, fair or something, and, and they were offering rides, $10 a person. And so this guy says, well, tell you what, I can get us on this plane for $5 each. And so he goes up to the pilot and he says, you know, uh, let's, let's do this, okay? I'll, uh, can, can, can you get us both in for $10 total? And he says, uh, well, tell you what, if you give me $10 a person and you don't make a sound the entire time, then I'll give you $10 back at the end of the time. He says, okay, that's great, I can do that. I, I, I know how to keep my mouth shut. So they, they get on the plane, and, and you know, the pilot, he's excited because he's figuring, I, I got this, right? And I can scare him at the same time, too, which is fantastic. 
And so he does all these uh, loops, and he's, he's do, doing his best to get them, you know, to do the screams and the dives and all that, and nothing out of this guy. And so he keeps doing it, and, and he's really trying, and, and uh, you know, the pilot starts to get a little nauseous. And so he says, okay, I, I give up. I'm going to land. So he tells the man, you know, I can't believe that you were quiet the whole time. And he said, yeah, well, you know, when my wife fell out, I really thought I should say something. But, uh, you know, 10 bucks is 10 bucks. <laughs> I hope that you're not like that. I'm not like that either, okay? But he might need to be here next week for that Marriage 911 series, right? <laughs> but, you know, you've probably heard someone say it before. Two things that you don't talk about, religion and politics, right? And now, I don't know, I don't think I really agree with that. But if you were to add a third one, that would probably be money. It's just a very sensitive topic on a lot of different levels. And you know, honestly, uh, uh, there's something that feels a little uh, dirty about money. And actually, money is physically dirty. If, if you're a germaphobe, okay, just close your ears. Just cover them up right now, okay? Uh, I'll let you know when you can hear it again, okay? But, but think about all the people who are handling the money that's in your pocket, okay? Who have, who have spent it, who have put it in their bank, who have withdrawn it from their bank, gotten it from the ATM, uh, put it down. All of that, it's, it's been passed around. And, and especially in the winter with all the germs and the cold and the flu going around, use your debit card, right? <laughs> but there's, there's something to money that's just, it just kind of seems to collect it. Actually, there was a a study that showed that about 80% of paper bills have traces of cocaine in them or on them. Money is physically dirty. But also, money is very dangerous. Over and over again, the Bible warns us about the traps of money, the dangers of money, the evil uses of money. Money can get us in a lot of trouble, really quick. You know, I, I saw a testimony of a football player who said, you know, I, I finally succeeded, and I was getting a lot of money, and it didn't make my life better, it just made sin more accessible to me. It was easier to get. You know, one Bible teacher said that Jesus Christ said more about money and possessions than any other single thing because when it comes to a man's real nature, money is of the first importance. Listen to this. Money is an exact index. It can tell you exactly the character of a man. And all throughout Scripture, there is an intimate correlation between the development of a man's character and how he handles money. Money is very dangerous. It's it's to be uh, handled with care. Right, And because of that, we realize that, that it's, it is important to our lives and even to our, relationships, uh, uh, our relationship with God. Did you know that money can keep us from God eternally? I mean, look at uh, Matthew chapter 6, verse 24. It's going to be here up on the screen. It, uh, the end of that verse says, You cannot serve God and wealth or money. You cannot serve 
You cannot be, uh, uh, have as master both God and money. It's not possible. It can separate us from God. But also in, in Luke chapter 16, verse 11, we see that, that even daily as believers, it can uh, affect our lives. It says, uh, therefore, if you have not been faithful in the use of unrighteous wealth, who will entrust riches to you? See, if we don't handle money carefully in our lives, if we don't handle it wisely in our lives, the Bible says who's going to entrust greater riches, i.e. not money, (laughs) to your life? It affects our relationship with God. But it's also a a part of our worship. Right down Matthew chapter 5, verse 23 and 24, talks about bringing that offering before God. And saying, God, here it is. This is a part of my worship to you. This is a part of of just saying, just letting you know, you have all of me. And here's the thing. Not only can money be uh, uh, used and and be trouble for our lives, but it can also be used for great good. It can be used as fuel for God's work. So what does that look like? We're going to look at how money fuels God's work. And when you think of, of uh, something that has brought about as much destruction and corruption as money has, sometimes it really is hard to think of it as doing any good or being beneficial. But listen, God is in the business of taking messy things and redeeming them for greatness. I mean, think about it. Think about our lives, right? God has taken our messy lives and has said, you know what, I want to use this life to show about my greatness. And in the same way, this, this, uh, all that we are and, and all that we have and, and even this, this issue of money, okay, here it is, God. It's messy. You're going to have to show something great through it. And he does. We're going to look at, at 2 Corinthians Chapter 9, so, so uh, you can turn over there uh, in your Bibles or it'll be on the screen as well. But we're going to be seeing how God uses money to fuel his work. And in 2 Corinthians chapter 8 and 9, God leads Paul, the, the author of this book, he leads him to speak of an offering that this Corinthian church was a part of. And, and as he does that, as he speaks in, in those historical terms of, of that situation, he also gives us principles about giving and about money. Let's look at, at uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 12 through 15. It says, For the ministry of this service is not only fully supplying the needs of the saints or God's people, but is also overflowing through many, thank, uh, excuse me, overflowing through many thanksgivings to God. Because of the proof given by this ministry, they will glorify God for your obedience to your confession of the gospel of Christ and for the liber- liberality of your contribution to them and to all. While they also, by prayer on your behalf, yearn for you because of the surpassing grace of God in you. Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. Now this offering was, was being sent to another uh, a community, a, a church body that was in desperate need. And, and that money was being used uh, not only for the benefit of the church family, but, 
but for them to be able to reach their community and to be able to say to them, our God has everything that you need. He will provide for you. But it was an amazing that the teaching that, that is here in, in 1 Corinthians 12 through 15 is really focusing on the benefits for the Corinthian church. What does it mean? What, what happens? What do we get to see? And, and here's some of those principles. Uh, the first one is that money can supply what is needed. Money can supply what is needed. If there is a need, if there is hey, something that has to be done, and it takes what, money to do it, just a minute ago, right? Why do you want to save so me? I, I want you to watch this, this clip down for. from Miss Wonderful angel. Life, because it, it really kind of I demonstrates that surprised. for me. Ridiculous of you to think of killing yourself for money. $8,000. Yeah, now, think, just things like that. How do you know that? I told you I'm your guardian angel. I know everything about you. Well, you look about like the kind of an angel I'd get. Sort of a fallen angel, aren't you? What happened to your wings? I haven't worn my wings yet. That's why I'm an angel second class. Uh, I don't know whether I like it very much being seen around with an angel without any wings. Oh, I've got to earn them. And you'll help me, won't you? Sure, sure. How? By letting me help you. Only one way you can help me. You don't happen to have 8,000 bucks on you. Oh, you? no, no. We don't use money in heaven. Oh, yeah, that's <laughs> right. I keep forgetting that. <laughs> Comes in pretty handy down here, bub. Oh, tut, tut, tut. Uh, Right? No, I wouldn't take my theology about angels from uh, It's a Wonderful Life. But, but that demonstration of, yeah, okay, in the, uh, at some point in, in the future in heaven, we don't have to worry about it. Right? But, but like George Bailey said, it sure does come in handy down here, right? It meets needs. And, uh, you know, it's, it's a reminder about the practical nature of our lives and, and God's work in this world. You know, sometimes we like to rom- romanticize God's work just a little bit, you know. He's working, and, and that feels good, and it just happened. But, uh, that, and, and we, we don't want to taint it with that idea that, that uh, um, something so everyday as, as money, something dirty like money, right? But look, we want to, to keep money out of God's work. But as long as we're doing God's work in this physical world, it's going to take that resource. You just can't operate in this world without dealing with money. It's going to be a part of it. Look at 2 Corinthians 9.12, the beginning of that verse again. It says, For the ministry of this service, uh, or this ministry, is not only fully supplying the the needs of the saints or God's people. The the actual idea here is that uh, they're out of gas. So let's fill her up, right? Let's fuel what God's work in that place. And so that's what Paul is encouraging them to do, uh, to, to see that happen in, in the lives of someone else. Let me give you an, uh, some examples of how that happens uh, because you give every week. And because you give every week, uh, think about this, every weekend 
for worship, lights are turned on, the heat is running, there's a screen with words and, and, and images available, you know, there's, there's licenses to, to have the, the songs on the screen and computers to find and download all sorts of things, the pastors to give oversight, prayer, you know, seeking God for, for messages and training others. I think about the materials and supplies that uh, for, for kids' church and Awana and youth ministry and, and uh, even worship here together. And, and, you know, that can all be expensive. But wow, think about that for a moment. Every week, people's lives are being changed. We're growing together, aren't we? And, you know, <laughs> this is happening all in the third largest unreached country in the world. That's the U.S., the third largest unreached country of the world and the least church area of that nation, right here. His work is being fueled by you when you give. You know, every month, missionaries are supported in our community and around the world. You know, this, this past year, we, we've uh, begun to support uh, the, the, shepherd fam- uh, the shepherds who are a missionary family in India. Now, uh, they've kind of shared that, that because of uh, our love offering for missions, uh, their personal needs are being met. They're able to live there. They're able to minister there. They're able to be a blessing to their community. Said, but they have unlimited, think about this, they have unlimited opportunities to share the good news in India, all around India. And all it takes is some money. And I think, wait, wait, wait. So you're saying there are opportunities. People are ready. There is a need. Uh, there is uh, those ways that, that the shepherds and others can come alongside of others and disciple and share the good news and, and uh, baptize believers and, and uh, teach and train and travel and, and, and do all of those things. All they need is a little money. We can do that, right? And because we are giving, God's work is being fueled in India. I love that. And that's just one story of the many missionaries that we get to be a part of fueling God's work all over this world. You know, there was a partner church in Georgia that called Robbie, Pastor Robbie about 13 years ago. And said, you know, I, hey, I, we heard you just got into your new office building. You know, the one over on, uh, what was the address again? 400 Brook Lane, right? And uh, he said, uh, you know, we figured you would need a mic. And they spent $500 for that. And guess what? 13 years later, we just retired that mic, okay? That investment from that church family has caused others to be blessed. I mean, think about, the, um, think about the, the, how many people between all the services for those years. Think about the, those who uh, heard the messages on, on TV or radio or, or on the internet. They've heard the message of Jesus Christ. They've heard the gospel. Many have accepted Christ as their Savior because one church gave one gift. Wow. Think about the, the ministry and missions and outreach and on and on we could go. The impact that your giving makes on the lives of those around you, on the lives of those in our community. 
And by the way, if you ever think, you know, my part doesn't really matter, it doesn't make that big of a difference, it, it, it won't be missed. If, if two average income homes per week don't tithe, that's $10,000 of ministry that won't happen. I mean, and think about the ministry that happened because of that $500. Think about the ministry that we could be missing out together. Wow. You know, and I have to be honest, we're doing good things. We're seeing God work. But like we've said, God wants to do more, doesn't he? He wants to see uh, uh, more lives changed. And you know, we are, are in many ways right at the tipping point for powerful things that you won't even believe. And you know what? Finances aren't all of it. But it is some of it, isn't it? We've talked about those other things that fuel God's work, that are pushing God's work in this, in this world. And we were excited about saying, okay, the Holy Spirit, would you do something in me? Would you do something through me? We're talking about prayer and fasting, about saying to the Lord, okay, God, uh, this, these things kind of prepare the way for you to work. We're talking about uh, uh, servants who are saying, okay, God, use me in whatever way that you want to use me to, to see uh, lives changed. And we're talking about uh, money and finances that help to get that done as well. You know, also I want you to notice a few more things in 2 Corinthians chapter 9. Number two, money can bring glory to God and bring worship to God. Money, when it's used rightly, causes worship. When those things that, that we just talked about, those, when, uh, when we talk about the, the, the uh, missionaries who, who are being supported and the work that they're doing and the lives that are being changed as they share that with us, when we think about the lives that have been changed because one church gave one gift, when we think about uh, all that, that uh, happens here, you, just simply on a weekend, we can come and say, wow, God, I just want to worship you. You are doing amazing things in this place. We just want to praise you. I want you to think about this. What is happening in your life because people are giving? What is happening in your life because others are giving? Are you worshiping God for that? Are you saying, thank you, God? Wow, it is amazing. Because others have been faithful to give. You know, money can also be a catalyst for prayer. You know, that's what it talks about in verse, uh, the beginning of first, verse 14. It says, you know, as your gift causes these prayers to go up, causes us to come before the Father, uh, and, and sometimes it can be, okay, Lord, I've given you this, now there's a need. <laughs> can you fill it? Can you help me? Give me wisdom, give me insight, help me to know what steps I need to take. But also just, just praying for one another. We can be praying uh, for, for the shepherds that are in uh, India as they share. We can be praying on their behalf. You know, money can also encourage relationships being built. People getting to know one another and lives being changed, ministry happening, and people being encouraged. How many of you have come to know a new people because of New Hope? 
Have they helped your life? Have they encouraged you? Have they blessed you? Each time that you have given, you've supported that. You're encouraging that to happen even more. Money can also remind us of God's sacrifice. The end of that, uh, that passage, verse 15, says, Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. It says, wow, man, the, this, this thing that, that you're doing for this other church, it is amazing and it's, it's going to do these great things. But don't forget the focus. Wow, God has given you an incredible gift. And you're being, being a reflection of that gift and being generous in some of those ways. Not only do we get to, to see that as a, as a body here, but we get to share that many times with our community. I mean, think about the, the free soccer clinic and, and the, the clothing closet. You know, we get to say, our church family paid so you wouldn't have to. We, we just want to be a blessing to you. We just want to share Christ with you because he did that for us. He paid for something so I wouldn't have to. And it's much bigger than a water bottle. It's much bigger than soccer on a field. And you know, you might want, not want to think of, of it that way, but money fuels God's work. So if that's really happening, we really want to be squeezing the most out of money, don't we? You know, the Super Bowl is uh, taking place right down the road this year. Anybody excited about that? Got one, okay. <laughs> so yeah, so that's why we're going to go and check it out, see. And, and uh, so we looked at some tickets and said, okay, how much is this going to put us back, right? <laughs> don't worry, we didn't buy any. <laughs> But did you know that the, the face ticket for a Super Bowl, uh, uh, the face value for that ticket is between $500 and $2,600? You know, and it's not like the family pack either, where it's like the four, you get the four tickets, the four sodas, and then they throw in three hot dogs, you know? It's, 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 it's just one single seat. But... Since you didn't take advantage of that original price, did you know that the average price for a ticket now is $4,000? <laughs> yeah, no problem, right? It's just a seat. Hey, by the way, you can have a seat here next Sunday, watch the game, and we won't charge you a dime, okay? We'll have food and all sorts of fun stuff. But anyway... Um, <laughs> Imagine when you watch that game next Sunday, just go 4,000, 8,000, you know, right? You know, I, I can't add after that. I'm, I'm done. 12, 12,000, there we go. <laughs> but all of that money right now, I imagine most of us in this room would probably say that would not be the best use of your money or anyone's money. Aren't we always concerned about getting the most out of our money? And, you know, think about the, the, the more, uh, more and more now, money buys less and less, doesn't it? The value of money has become momentary, has become fleeting. You know, the Bible talks about money losing its value. So let's use it to the max before it's too late. 
let's look at uh, Luke chapter 16. And I'm going to read a part of that passage, and, and some of that's going to be on the screen as well. But I'm going to start in verse 1. In verse 1, uh, it, Jesus is, is sharing a, uh, a parable with, with his disciples. And it, it says, there was a certain rich man who had a steward or a servant who, was, uh, who an accusation was brought to him that his, this man was wasting his goods. And all of us are saying, oh boy, not good, right? He was wasting his goods. So he called to him and he said to him, What is this I hear about you? Give an account of your stewardship, for you can no longer be a steward. So the steward said within himself, What shall I do? For my master is taking the stewardship away from me. He's taking my job. I'm getting fired. I, can't, uh, I cannot dig. I am ashamed to beg. It says, I have resolved what to do, that when I am uh, put out of the stewardship, they, they may receive me into their houses. He says, this is what I'm going to do. So when I get, when I get fired, when, when, when it's actually all said and done, my two weeks are over, in order that I'll still have friends, this is what I'm going to do. He said, so he called every one of his master's debtors to him, and he said to him, how much do you owe my master? And he said, a hundred measures of oils. And he said to him, take your bill, sit down, Quickly and write 50. That's my kind of guy, right? <laughs> okay, I got a bill for 100 bucks. You just took it down to 50? Okay, we're friends, right? Then it says, uh, and, uh, and then in verse 7, then he said to another, How much do you owe? And he said, 100 measures of wheat. He said to him, Take your bill and write 80. So the master commended the unjust steward because he had dealt shrewd, shrewdly. For the sons of this world are more shrewd in their generation than the sons of light. And this is what Jesus says. This is his, uh, what he's getting out of this. And this I say to you, make friends for yourselves by unrighteous mammon, that when you fail, they may receive you into an everlasting home. Now this is one of those conversations that, that I, I would kind of say is, this is an uncomfortable story, okay? Because here we have an unjust guy and, and most, it doesn't really tell, but it seems like this, even the boss wasn't exactly like the best of people, the role model that you'd want your children to, to be looking up to. But uh, basically, what was he doing? He was writing off the debt. He was, uh, it was a practice that happens even today with, uh, sometimes with, with uh, someone's credit card, someone's run up a credit card that is astronomically high, and, and sometimes that a uh, company will settle, they'll say, okay, you give us this much, and the rest of it's taken care of, right? We'll write it off. What, what was he doing? He was saying, I need to make some friends here. Because when I'm out on the street, I'm going to need someone who is going to be happy with me. And even his boss was, was happy about this. He, he shook his head and smiled and said, you're a sly dog, right? He said, you're still fired, but you're a sly dog. See, the businessman realized the value of getting payment from someone now was better than, receiving any, uh, than not receiving anything from someone who owes him. So basically, Jesus is telling us, uh, just a, as, a, as an overarching lesson here, that money has value right now. Isn't that true? But it will not always have value. So while it has value... We should use it for the things that will last forever. It says, let it be uh, uh, storing up treasures in heaven. And we will still have those things after the money is gone or no good. You know, I heard about a, a, 
a man who was wealthy and, and he went to a struggling country and he gave uh, them uh, $100,000 to build a school. And about 10 years later, through a series of events and just difficulties in life, the man lost all of his wealth. It was gone. And not long after that, he was invited to come back and to speak at the school. And it was then that he realized that all that he had kept, he had lost. But all that he had given away was still around and still making a difference. Look, there's coming a day, and you can see it in Revelation chapter 18. And and really, it's not hard for us to imagine with our economy in recent years, right? But there's coming a day, it says, that in one day, all that people spent their lives chasing, all that people have been building up and, and finding value in, all those things that the world assigns value will no longer be accepted at the bank, no longer be accepted at the grocery store. They will no longer do you any good. And there is a day when we stand before the Lord where we can say, Lord, look, I have so much money. <laughs> okay, <laughs> right? It doesn't mean anything, right? They will do you no good. So it's the opportunity as we give together, as, as we uh, are obedient to the Lord, it really does squeeze the most out of the money because it, it is investing in eternity. It is investing in something that will last. You know, uh, Patty made some play money for the girls the other day and you cannot convince them that they couldn't bring this to the store and, and get their Cheerios, okay? But, but if I brought this, right, all you're saying, it's just paper, right? And, and I don't think any of you would gasp if I took this lighter and just lit it on fire and said, it's just paper, right? Not a big deal. But if I took out a $100 bill and got it close, no, no, don't worry, okay? <laughs> Right? There's the gasp. Because we find value in certain things. And guess what? One day, maybe not too far away, there will be no value in this piece of paper. And just like that, I could burn it and nobody would say a word. One day, it's going to be just a piece of paper. The world around us has found value in those things. We get to use them to share the message of Jesus Christ. So let's squeeze the most out of the paper that's called money and let God open up for us the windows of heaven like he promised in Malachi chapter 3 verse 10 when we give. I want you to listen to what one author has said about Uh, using our resources for God. He says, what we do in this life is of eternal importance. In heaven, you and I will never have another chance to move the hand of God through prayer to healing a hurting soul. Never share Christ with one who can be saved from hell. Never again be able to to care for the sick or to be able to serve Uh, a meal to the starving, or comfort the dying, 
to rescue the, the unborn, to translate the scriptures, to bring the gospel to an unreached people group, share our clothes and food with the poor and needy. What you do in this life is your autobiography, the book you've written as a follower of Jesus. With the pen of faith and the ink of works will go into eternity unedited to be seen and to be read as is by the angels, God's people, and God himself. When we view today in light of the long tomorrow, the choice, the little choices, become tremendously important. Whether I read my Bible today, pray, go to church, share my faith, or give my money, actions graciously empowered not by my flesh or personal effort, but by His Spirit, those are of eternal consequence. Not only for other souls, but for me as well, as I give an account of my life to God. Wow. He's saying, what I do in this life matters. I only have so long to make a difference in someone, someone else's life. One day I won't be able to do those things anymore. But I can do it now. Will you take advantage of that opportunity? You know, would you think with me about what God might have in mind here at New Hope Community Church? What are some of the things that you would say, man, God is going to do an amazing thing through New Hope in this way or in that way, I want to ask you, are you a part of throwing wood on the fire? The fuel that God has, has put at our disposal. We talked first about being led by the Holy Spirit of God. Saying, okay God, I, I need you. You are the only one who can cause anything to happen in this place. Then we talked about prayer and f- fasting. Will you seek God together with us? We're going to have an opportunity in a few weeks to come together for a week of prayer and fasting and to say together, God, we are dependent on you. We want to clear the way for you to work in our lives, in the lives of others around me, in the lives of my community, in the lives of this world. Will you also let God use you in ministry to others as his servant? Will you say, okay, God, I'm here. Use me to accomplish your purposes. Will you give your tithes and offerings that God's work might flourish? God is at work. And we get to be a part of fueling that in the lives of others, in the lives of this world. You know, maybe there's another decision that you need to make. Maybe you just need to trust Christ as your Savior. You need to give your life to Him. He says, I want you. Would you make that decision today? There are other ways that God has been speaking to you over the course of this series that you would say, okay, God, now as we kind of wrap up the series, I'm going to move forward in this way. I'm going to move forward in how you have called me. Why don't we pray together? Father, we come before you tonight and we are so grateful that you worked in our lives. Lord, that, that 
you have done an amazing thing in us. Lord, I thank you that you are continuing to do an amazing thing in us. Lord, we want to see that take place in the lives of others as well. We want to see that continue to grow and continue to to expand. Father, for your glory, for you to, to, to change the hearts and lives of people who are desperate and who desperately need you. Father, I thank you for the ways that you have shown us we can be a part of fueling your work. I pray that you would continue to to speak to us, to share with us in that decision. Help us to move forward together. Father, thank you. In Jesus' name, amen.